0: Blog Talk Radio Welcome everybody to Lena and Susie's talk Real women, real life real talk. So tonight we are going to be talking about what happened in the world yesterday. <laughs> Um, we are going to be asking for you to call into the show and give us your opinion on what you think about happened yesterday in D.C. You know, where is our country going to go now? Um, how is the trucking industry going to be affected as re- as, as the rest of the American people? Um You know, it's just we're we're all going to be in severe despair, and, you know, I'm not that negative Nancy. I don't, this is not my forte, this is not what I do, and this is not my lane. But it's something that we need to be talking about. So with that, we're going to start our night out with Feel Good Susie to bring us our Feel Good story. So how are you tonight, Susie?
1: Oh, and I guess I'm okay. You know, you and I've been on the phone a lot today and yesterday, and you know, it's kind of one of those things. I'm feeling kind of, I'm in my feelings. I guess would be the proper way to to frame that. Um, I'm trying to pull up my feel good story. I've got a good one for you guys. If I can. oh, here it is. Um, story this week comes out of. Pike Electric. Pike Electric posted on December the 14th. And this, I think this may be an older story, but that's okay. It's still a feel-good story. Um, It was Pike Electric, a crew, they had a crew out in Clinton, Tennessee. They were en route to a job when they saw a man lying wet and still on a boat dock. With temperatures in the mid-30s, the crew... Led by a foreman, the foreman, Gerald Kraft decided to stop and ensure he was okay. Upon approaching him, they learned that he had been hunting that morning when he fell and broke his ankle. He had managed to get back into his boat and to the dock two miles away, but collapsed from exhaustion and never made it back to his truck. When the crew discovered him, he seemed to be in shock and early stages of hypothermia. The crew called 911, called the man's wife, stabilized his leg, replaced his wet clothes with jackets and clothing, established a makeshift shelter to protect him from the wind and cold. One crew member, Brendan Potts, is also an EMT, and he led the first aid effort. Once the ambulance arrived to rush him to the ER, the crew helped the man's wife by loading his boat and then driving his truck to their residence. Um, And this was five guys that did this for this man. So they really went above and beyond and, and their company actually said in the, in the thank you section that they went above and beyond to potentially save this man, a husband and a father to a young daughter. But I thought that story was really cool. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help our fellow Americans. When they are in need it doesn't matter what their need is we should be helping one another
0: that's right you're right it doesn't matter what their need is you know we all get into our feelings in our own head but if we would ever just take the time to listen to somebody else's story of their life and the things that they've gone through and the things that they're going through You can almost guarantee that it's a heck of a lot worse than what you're dealing with right now, so it'll make you feel pretty good about your life, so always be willing to lend a helpful hand to nobody, no matter who it is, you know, or how many times you've been burning your life, you know, that's what we need to get this country back to is helping our fellow brothers and sisters in the United States to make America great again, because Right now, our country is not the United States that I was born in, and I have a feeling that I have to be very careful how I choose my words here, because I don't want to be considered of not being patriotic, because um, I am a U.S. citizen, and I do try to live patriotically, I guess you would say. Eh, I don't really no, because I'm not into politics, guys. I'm not going to lie. That's just not my forte. That's not what I do. Um, That's Susie's thing, and so I just kind of let her take the lead on that stuff, so you know... I have to be quiet about my consensus of politics because people are going to think that I'm not patriotic and they're going to turn against me. So my husband and I kind of had a little rundown tonight of what I was going to say on the show tonight. And he said, mm, you better not say that. So, so I well, guess
1: I'll, I'll just keep my
0: opinions myself.
1: No, no, that, that's not, that's not fair to you because you're, you're allowed to have opinions. But I think what happens sometimes is people mistake the way you say things. They they, mis- they they take exception. They don't give you an opportunity to explain how you're feeling. And if people would slow down and allow one another a voice, just like we have said on our show time and again, everyone deserves to have their voice heard. Whether we agree or we disagree, everyone has a right to their opinion. Um, unless you're a pedophile, then you don't have a right to life. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. That was not very nice.
0: Um, no, that's your pedophile. You don't have the right to life. The only right to life you have is being in prison and being preyed upon every day. That's right. Um,
1: (laughs) but you know, with, with what is going on in our nation right now, um, man, you know, I, I told you today I'm kind of down in the dumps, and I need to pick myself up because um, I can't let the other side defeat me. As much as it feels like we are defeated, and it's like I was saying today, you know, the Democrats now have a trifecta, and I don't care what side of politics you're on. Any time one party controls all three. Uh, you know, the presidency, the Congress, and the Senate—we have a problem. Um, that is not a balance of power. Um, Democrats are already making plans to pack the courts. They want to make D.C., Guam, and Puerto Rico all three states. Um, I think that's just a dangerous precedent, and and you know. Uh, Never mind. Never mind our political beliefs here. We all know that there are checks and balances. And without those checks and balances, we're we're setting ourselves up for a world that could become very scary very quickly. Um I saw something earlier that Dr. Fauci is calling for lockdowns until fall. Now, a lot of our followers are truckers, and we all know, all of us in the trucking industry know firsthand what happened during the first lockdown. They locked everything down, which created a uh, an overabundance of trucks for very little freight or, or less freight than what is normal. And so, therefore, these big broker companies saw an opportunity to drop freight to sometimes as low as sixty cents per mile. No truck driver can sustain their truck on sixty cents a mile. So what happens if if Biden get when when I will I will correct myself guys, when Biden takes office, if Biden decides that Fauci is right and he shuts our country down for not just a few weeks, but for months. What what's that going to look like? I mean, anyone I'm that's sorry. listening, do any of you have any ideas?
0: Biden has already said that his first rule of order that he is going to do when he gets into office is shut the country down for four to six weeks. So, what is the paramount of him shutting down the country? What is he talking about that he's going to shut down? Is it going to be like the beginning of the pandemic where everything got shut down and truck drivers were essential and brokers were taking advantage of us and trying to put us out of business, which they managed to do? There were several trucking companies that, yeah, I get it. Okay. You know, yeah, they probably were in some type of financial despair prior to the pandemic hitting, but... The pandemic hitting put the nail in the coffin when it didn't need to be the nail in the coffin. That is the time when trucking companies should prosper. That is time when we should be making uh, abundance of money because we are essential, and we are out here risking our lives to keep the country going. Yet, we're losing our lives during a pandemic. So, what is going to be the paramount of what he is shutting down, and are the trucking advocacies going to be able to get the places that closed down during the last shutdown where it became unsafe and unsanitary for us to run out there on the road? You know, we couldn't get food. We couldn't take showers. We didn't have bathrooms to go to. You know, are we going to be able to get our legislators to keep those doors open for us? So, how do we make that happen? So, we're talking, Biden's already said four to six weeks he's going to shut the country down. So, is he going to listen to Fauci and shut it down for months? Or is he just going to do it for the four to six weeks, which is what he said will need to happen in order to get the coronavirus back under control? Now, there's a super coronavirus that is more contagious than the beginning of the coronavirus now we're dealing with a bigger pandemic, Susie.
1: Uh Oh, I know, I know. But
0: they did say, I heard the other day,
1: um, I was listening to, I think it was talk radio, my local talk radio. And they said while this new strain of the coronavirus is more contagious, they said it is no more dangerous, or it appears, I should say, no more dangerous. Because I think they still have a lot to figure out about the initial strain. Um, you know, Dwayne and I both have had it. My son had it, and we all—well, Dwayne got a little bit sick. I—I I can't say he didn't get sick at all, but my son and I, the only—the only symptoms we had were loss of taste and smell. Um, my husband, however, he said he felt like he had a really bad sinus infection. Um, but they're saying that this one is not quite as dangerous, or as this one is no more dangerous than the other strain. It just appears to be more contagious, and they also said that it is affecting children more than the initial strain. Now that does kind of concern me um, because children, you know we we don't want our we don't want our future. Uh, anybody's children we don't want to see a child get sick and die from the coronavirus um that would just be a travesty um but at the same time you know my question now becomes they've pushed this vaccine through so quickly is this vaccine going to take care of this second strain i mean they're saying it will but how do they know that
0: i mean they don't even know if this first one will They don't. They don't know. They don't know if this vaccine is going to help anybody or protect anybody from anything. You know, it's just like when you take the flu shot. There's a 50-50 chance of whether you're going to get sick from the flu or you're not going to get sick from the flu. You know, at one point when, when they were giving the flu shot out, they were vaccinating you with a live virus.
1: Did you know that? Well, and it's, I did know that, but I also know this. The flu vaccine, I want to say it was three seasons ago, three years ago, it was only 8% effective, Lena. Why am I going to let them inject my body with all those unnecessary chemicals
0: when their vaccine is only 8% effective? Well, and I also heard that this COVID vaccine has, uh, has um, metal in it, that it's been proven that this COVID vaccine has metal in it. Some people are referring that back to um, being where they are trying to make every U.S. citizen in the United States become chipped. So See, the- and I
1: don't buy into that though, because I think they're already tracking us. I mean our Tennessee governor messed up when the COVID back when the COVID virus back in the winter or spring, whichever, they were our numbers were going up a little bit and our governor let it slip that they had been tracking cell phone movement for Tennessee residents and that Tennessee residents were not complying with lockdown orders based on their cell phone movement. They're already tracking us. They don't need to put a device in us. All they got to do is track these phones. And and most all of us have a phone. And we're, when we go, our phone goes. So I I don't, you know, I've heard that, but I just don't know that I believe it. Because um, they also, someone said it had formaldehyde, but that's been debunked. Um, it does not have formaldehyde in it. Um, now they did admit that there is um, tissue from a fetus. Um, I do know that that has been proven fact.
0: Um, Great! So they're putting you know, tissues of dead is in the in the virus the 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 shot
1: in the vaccine. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm good. I'm yes. good. No, I'm sorry. Oh well, you know, and that's... Another thing, when they when they do vaccines and, and this is not a racist comment, this is a true, factual, scientifically proven statement that white people have one makeup, African American have a different makeup, so but when they make the shots, they give one vaccine to you regardless of your DNA makeup. So that's why they say that vaccine shots, some vaccines when You know, African-American children get a shot. They have severe side effects like autism and things like that. Well, it's because, you know, you don't know what type of fetus DNA they put in that shot that they gave to your child. So I think that the American people have the right, before you get vaccinated, ask to see. Ask to see what's in that vaccine. I'm going to ask. and I'm not going to get it, My father's going to get it. I want to know what they're giving to my dad. Because you know what? You want to talk about patriots and patriotism? My father retired from the military. He was on his way to the White House to advise the President of the United States, and he turned it down. My father has fought in three wars for our freedom. So, patriotic. You can't get much more patriotic than that. I was raised a military brat. And, you know, so with that being said, we're getting off topic. Let's move yes, back over are. to what we're supposed to talk about. Let's talk yes. about what happened yesterday. Boy, did we make an ass of ourselves or did we stand our ground? What's your opinion on that? Um, you know, I, I have a
1: mixed bag of reviews on that. Um. I don't know. I know that a group of truckers went, but I haven't seen much out of those guys except for Bob. And I don't know that our friends at the Truckers TV will know who Bob is, but um, all of our Mayday people will know who Bob is. And I cannot pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name. But Bob is a... Everybody um, knows him as Bob. Is an American citizen who was not born an American citizen. He is from, is he from the Ukraine, Lena? Or is he from the Uh, Czech Republic? I cannot remember.
0: I can't remember, but he has has a hell of a story of how he got to the United States and what he had to do to become a U.S. citizen, only to have to live to see what's going on right now.
1: Bob is... So amazing guys. He is so he is so positive for the most part and he is he loves this country. He has a love for this country that I am almost in awe of, knowing that he came here and, and had to fight to be here. Um to see the love he has for this nation is just so heartwarming. And, 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 you know, he's a trucker and he loves his job and he loves all the truckers. He loves it. He has a passion for it. And and it's something that is so spectacular to see and, and to hear his story, like Lena said. He's just a very, very nice person. But he was in D.C. yesterday and he actually sent us some some videos, sent Lana some videos, and he posted some videos on his personal page that I got the privilege of seeing. Um, And it looked like he was having a good time. You know, he was peaceful. He was there to hear the president speak and to show his support. He wasn't there for all of the other stuff that went on, and he was in no way involved in all of that stuff. Um, However, I I think yesterday... it's like I told Lana, it is sad to see what happened yesterday. It, it's hard to see it. It's hard to watch it. And it's even more sad to know that a woman lost her life. Well, several people lost their life. But in particular, one was shot. She was She was shot. And she was a 14-year veteran of the United States Air Force. Her name was um, Ashley Babbitt. Um, She left behind a husband named Anthony. Um, It's just so tragic. But I I truly feel people that stormed that Capitol building the way they did. I feel like they felt desperate. I feel like they felt like they were backed into a corner and that they were going to come out swinging to do whatever they could to try to make a change do I necessarily think they had to do it the way they did it? Well, I mean, I'm not there. I, I'm not them. I know from a standpoint of someone who's not there I feel very jaded. I feel very down and broken hearted, you know, because I worry about the trucking industry, you guys. We've been Glenn and I have been covering what's going on with um Biden and, and his plans for the industry and the, the regulations that we're facing. And, and not only that, Lynn and I had a conversation today about Bogdan Vercheco and where does this leave him. Um, and if you guys are listening and you don't know who Bogdan Vercheco is, you can go look him up. He is a driver who ran into a protest in Minneapolis and he didn't hurt anyone. He got his truck stopped. He got pulled out of his truck, he got beat up, and he got carted off to jail. They let him go, um, but not before protesters managed to get in his truck, get his personal information, including his cell phone, and call his pregnant wife and make threats and scare the woman and cause them to have to move. And later on down the road, the district attorney has charged the man. Um, And Lena and I have been advocating for his you know for the the DA to drop the charges don't play politics with a trucker's life um he was just doing his job um you know and no matter how you feel about that you all have a job to do all truckers have a job to do in this country and it's a dangerous job and it's a thankless job um but now, you know, now that the Democrats control everything, we don't know that there's anything we can do to help Ogden at this point other than we can keep calling. We can keep calling that district attorney's office. We can keep making our demands. But are they going to fall on deaf ears now? Um, Biden is going to appoint, appoint Pete Buttigieg as the secretary of transportation. That is going to be. Yeah, speaking
0: of adding- Elaine Chao resigned today. Yeah, I saw
1: that because she said she resigned because of yesterday's event.
0: Yep, Stephen Bradbury will be the acting transportation secretary. I don't know very much about Mr. Bradbury, but he will be the one that will be taking her spot until this Pete Buddha whatever what's his name Buddha Buddha judge
1: judge gets
0: in until, you know, Biden puts him in. And when Biden puts him in, watch out, chucking world. There are going to be a whole lot of changes for us. You think that the regulations that we have on us now bother you? The taxes that we have to pay, the rules that we have to follow, you have no idea what's coming. So, You know, I truly hope that the trucking industry decides to band together and stand together so that we can put this man in his place and keep him in his place. Because all of his recommendations, he will take to the House. And Mm -hmm. we, you know, the Democrats are the majority now. So, and Biden is against truckers. He's been against truckers, and he's going to create a world where truckers are no longer going to be needed outside of autonomous trucks. Will Cook has been preaching that for a couple of years now, and everybody keeps saying, not, not in my lifetime, not in my lifetime. Well, if you're still alive, it's here in your lifetime. So yep. I realize there's a lot of information that goes out to, to the nation that is false or unbelievable or not wanting to accept it for the reality of it is. And so you use the phrase not in my lifetime or it's not going to affect me because I'm a company driver or I'm not in that um, that uh, forte of transportation. I have a guy commenting over here on Lana's talk that, that you know he, he he's a log hauler and 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 hauls hay and his truck uh, and the trucking companies I drive for doesn't shut down since they were farmers correct me if i'm wrong but, but when we were in dc for may day 2020 was president trump not writing checks to farmers to get their businesses out of the hole and keep them up and running
1: Yes, yes, and that's something that we were saying it wasn't. It, they turned a, a blind eye to the needs of the truckers. Not that we don't want them to help farmers. Absolutely, we want you guys to have farmers. You know, to help farmers. We we, we, farmers, farmers are integral.
0: But farmers are 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 you know when it comes to our produce and things like that, they're they're kind of the heartbeat of that of our survival. So no, we need farmers and and we need logging companies. But I just have a hard time believing that this pandemic didn't affect that side of, of the world. Well, it didn't affect the side of the trucking industry. Well and
1: but here's the thing. Here's what is that is it Ronald that is, is making that comment? Can you tell me? Because I can't find that live to watch to see the comment. Jason. Oh, oh I'm not he familiar has- with him. Well, let, I I would present this to him. I would say to him, you know, while you might be right, while it may not affected you, is it going to affect you when Biden takes your insurance minimum from $750,000 to $2 million? Is that not going to affect you? Because the thing is, is just because it didn't that thing didn't affect you, there are others that are going to affect you. And furthermore, if you're in the transportation industry, I would pray that you care about your fellow truckers, that you care what happens to the industry as a whole. You know, I don't want to see anyone fail. I don't want to see my neighbor lose their job just because my husband kept his or just because I kept mine. You can't turn a blind eye to these things and say, oh, well, it didn't affect me. So, oh, well, we're all in this together.
0: Or I We are we all in this together. And, and, and that's the problem we, we, is that people look at this as if we are not all this, in this together. We are all in this together. And you know, let that let's circle back around to what happened yesterday in D. In, up in D.C., you know, with all those people at Capitol Hill. I'm sure they all had their own reasons of being there, but for that day, they stood together. Yep, they stood well, to- I mean,
1: together. You know, that's kind of what happened at May Day, too, Lana. I mean, we all came together on Constitution Avenue, and there were several different reasons for people being there. Some were there because had dropped so low that they couldn't make an honest living for themselves. Some people were there because they feel like safety needs to be addressed. You know, not everybody was there for the same reason. But we all were there standing together. We all came together, and that's the way it should be. And and this industry, it's so diverse. Um, and and also I saw the other day something that was interesting while he was talking about hauling logs or whatever. I actually saw the other day an autonomous truck. I, I mean, not. I saw it online, Um, there is already, there are already autonomous trucks being put out there to haul walks. What? So just when you think, yes, yes, that truck was the strangest looking one I've seen yet. So while you think it can't happen to you, it may not be happening to you just yet. In time, anything is possible. You and I were talking about them fast-tracking the autonomous thing today. And do you think if they pull this, you know, shut down on us again, shut this nation down on us again, this is not just going to give them more power with those autonomous trucks that are already out there? Because, you know, I know my husband, when he was trucking during the first shutdown, he said it was really nice because traffic was really light. Well, what's a more perfect time to roll out an autonomous vehicle?
0: Well, that's true. You know, when the nation shuts down, there will be less traffic. There will be less liability. So it's time to bring out those autonomous trucks, and it's time to put them on the road and start testing them. So, you know, and, of course, you know, they're going to bring their testing back, and they're going to bring all of their statistics back, you know, that's going to fit fit the the picture, I guess you would say, to get insurance companies to sign off insuring these trucks. So you're right. Uh, You know, I didn't think about that, but you're absolutely right. What better time than to bring the autonomous out, you know, and and here we have other trucking groups talking about doing a shutdown, you know, when Biden gets in the office. Oh, yes, I saw that. Well, you know, here's my I'm I'm I don't really know how I feel about that because let's just say let's just say that we are able to rally up enough truck drivers and own com, company truck drivers. You know, all they have to do is call in sick, you know, and if and if they call in sick enough times and their company tries to reach out to other company drivers to hire or to have them come, come there to fill in and those company drivers stand with the force of the company drivers and say, no, no, we're sick too. And they just can't get anybody in their trucks. The company drivers don't have to worry about being replaced. That's the fear of getting a company driver involved, is they are afraid that they will be replaced. Well, if there's not any driver to replace them, then you're not going to get replaced. So all company drivers need to stand together, call in sick, do not go into work. All owner-operators need to stand together. But if we decide to do that, we also need to think about the possibilities of opening up a bigger highway and door for the autonomous truck to take presence you're
1: you're absolutely right, Lena. That's a risk that you know a lot of drivers are actually afraid of. You know we're pushing their narrative for them. We're giving them reason to push their narrative to the American public um so we have to be very very careful of how we approach this um and again, it's like you said about the company drivers, you know company drivers. Mm, I don't, they have a lot to lose, but not the same as an owner does or, you know, a, a lease driver, um, you know, a, a person who owns their truck. Let's say, you know, you own a truck and you got a truck payment to make and, you know, you just got through the holidays and that's always hard, you know, and it's your taxes are looming right over the horizon Um, you know these guys they got a lot on their plates we got a lot to think about before we can turn that key to the left Um, you know it's never an easy decision and not only that but I don't want the American public I don't want the public to feel like we're abandoning them um we we have to have their support in this because it would not be fair to harm people who have never done anything to deserve our disdain, you know. Or I don't know exactly how I want to put it. I know that they've always said that anyone who is hauling essential such as medicine or medical supplies that they do not want those people to shut down. And and that's honorable. That would not be a good thing. You know, we don't want to deprive someone who is sick of their medication or a hospital of supplies that are desperately needed. Um, but I just think it's, I, I don't know. I, I was all for a shutdown once upon a time, but you know, it seems like, It seems like people, no one can give us a straight agenda, a straight answer as to why we're shutting down. If we're going to make the decision to shut our trucks down, you're going to have to give us a very good reason for that. Um, It can't just be because we can. It has to be clear and concise. What I want to know goal is by shutting down these trucks what is our end goal what are we asking for what do we need from them to start those trucks back up does that make
0: sense oh 100 percent because you know we are taking a bigger risk now calling for a shutdown than we were you know, in 17, when they were trying to do a shutdown, you know, um, because of the fact that autonomous trucks are here and more prominent and more present, that our jobs are more at risk and less. You know, we 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 as a trucking industry, they have figured out a way to make us it, it make us um dispensable. We are no longer indispensable because Autonomous Trucks is coming in, and they're looking for a way to get those trucks on the street to to prove the um, that they're not as, as big a liability as everybody's trying to make them out to, to prove that they can work harder, they can work faster, and they can work cheaper. And so if we open the doors to allow and them safer. to do that. And safer. Yes, and safer. So if we allow them the, the opportunity to prove that, then I agree 100%. If you're gonna call for a trucker shutdown and you want all 3.5 million drivers, there's more drivers than that now because there's more people that have came into the trucking industry that are currently training to get their CDLs. Um, but if you want the last number, statistical numbers to join in in this, you have to be precise in, in what the end game is here and, and how are we going to handle this to get people involved. It cannot be chaotic. It has to be very organized because we're taking a bigger risk now because we are no longer indispensable we are no longer in fiscal. The government has made more of that. And, you know, Biden coming in as president, I'm telling you now, he has said, like Susie said, our insurance are going to be raised, Um, uh, taxes are going to be raised, um, if the taxes are going to be raised, heavy use taxes are going to be raised, you know, we're going to see an increase in everything. Fuel is going to go up. We're already seeing, seeing a, what, a 40% increase in diesel at this present moment across prosecution-wide? You know? Why? What's happening that's causing fuel to rise? We only usually see that during around holidays and war. So, is there a civil war coming? You know? Is there a revolution coming uh, certainly have up? not. You know, I mean, think about it. You know, that's the only time we see a rise in fuel is during the holidays. Excuse me. Let me retract that. During the holidays, natural disasters or war. Well, the holidays are over. We don't have any natural disasters going on. The only thing that we possibly have that could be happening is either a civil war or a revolution. That's it. And after yesterday's, people charging the White House, or the the Capitol Hill like that, you know, and doing the stuff that they did yesterday, the vandalism, and, and charging up Capitol Hill, stopping their feet and making noise to try to get attention, which I'm just gonna say it, and I'm probably gonna be crucified for saying this, but I'm just going to say this. I personally don't think that what happened yesterday should have happened. I don't think that there should have been any violence. I don't think that there should have been any type of destruction. I get it. If we the people aren't louder and make noise, we're never going to get any attention. That's why the trucking industry never gets any attention, because we don't make noise. We don't make noise. We try to be peaceful. We try to be respectful. We try to honor our country. But then you have Antifa, Black Lives Matters, They go out here and they burn shit down, they kill people, they make noise. They're getting all the attention in the world that they want. They're defunding the police. I mean, all you got to do is be a part of that group and tell the government what you want, and bam, it's going to happen. So maybe that's what happened yesterday. Maybe that's what happened yesterday. Our country has decided that they're not just going to stomp their feet and go, wham, 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 I don't like the president anymore. They're stomping their feet and they're going, bam, 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 we're here, we're not leaving, and we're not putting up with this, and we're not going to take it. But the problem is, Susie, it only lasted for a couple of hours before it was de-escalated. It didn't last for weeks like BLM, or I just spit, how gross. Or Antifa. Antifa's still going on months later. You know, months later, we're still dealing with Antifa's bullshit. Well, so. but, you know,
1: oh, Kathy Tomlin, you are absolutely right. I, I have no doubt that what you just said is is the culprit. They're tired of it. They're, they're sick and tired of it, and they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And like Glenna said, you know, during the summer the media kept it hidden pretty well from a lot of people, but there are those of us that dig further and dig deeper than just what we're spoon fed by the media. The rioters, yeah, the looters way. all summer long, they terrorize cities across this nation. They terrorized neighborhoods and and people's businesses and truckers. I mean, guys, the the poor FedEx driver that they were looting his truck, his trailer, and, and the man lost his life looting this guy's truck and trailer. But this poor driver, you know, lives with that for the rest of his life. We're sick and tired of the double standard. We're sick and tired of it being allowed, the chaos of being allowed. We want order. We want law. We want to do our job. And we want to go home safe at the end of the night. We want to earn an honest living in this country. That's, you know, the pursuit of happiness. What happened to the pursuit of happiness? You know, so many people are so miserable because they're so fed up. And yesterday was a culmination, I feel like. You
0: know, the... America is supposed to be the land of free, the land of hope, the land of prosperity, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, the land of entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, you know, where you can, you can come in and you can be a business owner and you can make something of yourself and be proud and hold yourself high to know that you're an American citizen I don't know what our world right. is going to be like, you know, with the things That's that have right, Lena. And gone you know, up.
1: Trucker's, truckers is a is a trucking is a great a great example of what you just said. Truckers, can, you can go from being a company driver, being paid what twenty four cents a mile. I don't know what the starting rate is today. My husband's been in a truck for way too many years. But back when he started, it was around $0.24 cents a mile. You can go from that to owning your own truck. And you can do that in a matter of years. It doesn't, it, you know, you got to get your three years. You can do it straight out of school if you have the money to do that, obviously. But if you're someone that needs, you know, you you just don't have it handed to you, you know, you don't. It's not something that you came by through an inheritance or family money or whatever, you know, or maybe you've worked your whole life and you put yourself through school and you use your savings and open up your own owner operator, you know, trucking business. But
0: trucking is a prime example of. of, I uh, took my savings, my whole savings, and I opened up a trucking business, you know, and in the hopes to grow my company, I'm three and a half years into my trucking business, and I have not grown my company yet because of what is going on in this country. How is that fair to me? My opportunity has been taken away, and I'm an innocent American, United a United States American citizen. But my opportunity I mean, has been stripped. You know, that's not how, it, 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 that's hard. how it's going to be.
1: No, it's not Lena, but you know unfortunately, the problem is 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 you can't really we're overregulated, we're you know taxed to death um to death, you know, not to mention the cost that that it costs to live out on the road.
0: Um to live you know. they raise minimum well, wage, so but they I mean, don't for the cost of living.
1: Well, and not only that, but when do truckers get a raise? <laughs> Come on, the trucking wages we have know. been
0: stagnated for years. We don't get a raise. I mean, you what know, we're now is what they were making back in the, in nineteen eighty. What truckers are netting now, not grossing but netting is what they were netting back in the nineteen eighties. Well you know Exactly owner operators should be in the multimillionaire millionaire brackets is where they should be. By now. We're in two thousand twenty one. Let's just say two thousand twenty. So in nineteen eighty, owner operators were, were netting netting about ninety thousand dollars a year. They were grossing about one twenty five to one fifty a year. They're still grossing that. So explain to me is how where the public
1: well the public has the misconception that truckers make a ton of money because back in the day that was true. Because in the early eighties that was damn good money.
0: Exactly, because the cost of living was nothing back in the 80s. You know, um, they just raised Missouri's minimum wage to $10.36 an hour. Well, oh, wow. But they. They, but they did not change the cost of living, I'm sure, that in 2021, we're going to get another 4% increase on the cost of living. So basically, the people will still be making, you know, after the cost of living takes into effect, and they take their 15% out for that. About 850 an hour is what they'll still be making, you know. Well, but you know
1: what, they, that, that, it, it's kind of, to me, it's common sense. If, if businesses are going to be forced to pay their employees more money, they have to charge more for their products
0: because they have to make up that money somewhere. Ron Lee, you say I have no f and idea what I'm talking about. Um, okay, what is it that you think that I'm talking about that I have no idea what I'm talking about? Please educate me because I'm always open to education. I'm always to being open to being... Correct it when I'm giving out information that isn't true. We'll wait for your comment. Go ahead, Steve. One
1: thing I wanted to ask, one thing I wanted to ask opinions on, and I would love for somebody to tell me how they feel about this. I was reading that we can surely expect for speed limiters at 65 miles per hour speed limiters to become mandatory. When Biden gets in office, I mean, you know, for my husband, he's not, a, he doesn't have a heavy foot. Um, he prefers <laughs> to save on fuel, so he keeps his foot out of the, out of the gas pedal, you know. I, I, he he tries to save in his fuel. Um, so he, he's not a speed demon. Um, but most people drive the speed limit if not five miles per hour over the speed limit so i'm curious how people are going to feel about that i mean they threw i know you can't really compare it to an ELD. you can't compare the two but at the same time you kind of can because it's still the government being in your business and telling you you know, yeah, speed limit for you guys is 70 miles an hour, but now we're going to knock you back down to 65 because we're going to force you to put these speed limiters in your truck. Um,
0: so when they put the speed limiters kind of in the truck, here's what I have to say about speed limiters, being a truck driver myself. If you are under a load and you are in a terrestrial area where there are mountains and you have to go up and down mountains, I'm talking about 6,500 um Um, mountains, you know, where where the incline is, uh, the elevation is at 6,500, 7,000. Even over there where you live, those Tennessee mountains, if they put a speed limiter on your truck and you cannot go over 65 miles an hour, we all know as truck drivers that before we get to the bottom of that hill, we're going, we're going, and we're getting to where we're going to go down so that we can go up the hill. We gas it. We floor it so that we can get up that hill. If not, our truck's going to stall. It is going to stop. Do you know how many accidents that's going to cause? Well, I know yeah, my be husband, sunk. his first, it's the funniest
1: thing. My husband's very first truck that he ever owned was an old flat top freight ladder, and that truck Bless its heart, it could not pull a mountain for anything in this world. And I'll never forget one of the first trips I took with him in that truck. We had to go over Mont Mountain, which is on 24 um, between.
0: Yes, I know that. I That was my first mountain. that you I know, know where I'm part. talking about? And we... Yes, I, that there was my go. first mountain. Well... Holy we went up
1: that mountain, and I'm going to tell you what, Lena, we were down to five miles per hour trying to pull that mountain. And we had Walmart freight on. He hauled over. We had Walmart freight on going to Walmart. And, um, I mean, five miles an hour up that doggone mountain. And I was like, holy hell, honey, how do you stand this? I mean, we've improved yep. now. He's come up in the world a little bit. He's got a better truck now.
0: But uh, people don't understand. Well, it's and it's just and- It's just going to cause us to have to spend more money on our trucks to put bigger turbos in them so that they have more torque power to pull these mountains because they're putting speed limiters on us, So once again, the government wins. And who do you think we're going to be getting these parts from who we already get the parts from? China. We're going to be getting them from China is where these parts are going to come from. You know, So, we already get a bunch of, uh, you know, Freightliner, Peterbilt, um, you know, of course they're, you know, made in the USA equipment, but they have a lot of um, overseas parts on the trucks. Well, when those speed limiters come into effect, we're going to have to change how our trucks are, which means we're gonna have to spend more money so that we will be able to climb these mountains. Because they're not going to go out and they're not going to demountainize these these roads. They're not. Well, I mean, that's impossible. Exactly. So who does it fall back on? It falls back on the trucking industry, taking another hit financially just so they can work. You know, guys, we've got a lot of changes that's getting ready to come to the trucking industry. I need, you know... Look, I get it. Trucking politics, it's boring. It's frustrating. It's a nothing's ever going to change. Why do we keep talking about it? Why do we keep fighting about it? Well, the trucking industry is kind of like your constitutional rights. Why do you fight for your constitutional rights? Because it's your God-given right to have those constitutional rights. Because our forefathers wrote those so that we could live in the land of free. Well, with all the regulations that we have on our industry in the trucking industry, we're not the land of free. We are so regulated, it is pathetic. And why are we regulated? Because we're dangerous. We are dangerous. Even though 82% of the wrecks in 2020 was caused by a car, a four-wheeler, not a truck driver. But do you think they're going to look at those statistics when they're regulating us? No, because Biden's going to cry about how a truck driver killed his wife. Which is a lot. That's what's going to happen. You know, know, cry about how his drunk wife ran a stop sign, ran a stop line. What what did she do? Wait a minute, Lana.
1: Wait a minute. His wife wasn't drunk. She was distracted, but she wasn't
0: drunk. He accused the truck driver of being drunk. There you go. Okay. You know more about it than me. Thank you. Yeah. He, he, the, his
1: wife, his young baby daughter, and his two boys, Bo and Hunter, uh, I guess they said they were on their way to get a Christmas tree. And she turned around to do something in the back seat and ran a stop sign and hit a truck. And she subsequently died as well as the baby girl. And so Biden spent years campaigning, boohooing, saying that that driver drank his lunch instead of eating his lunch, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, and I heard that.
1: He, you know, he did not apologize until the man's daughter called him out finally. And I want to say that was in 2000-something, so he, he, his whole life was a lie. Until finally, this poor woman came forward and told the media the truth about what had happened. The media did some digging and found out that, yes, Biden had lied. And Biden apologized, but I'm sorry. It's not enough when you have let a man, you know, she said her father was absolutely tortured by that. It tortured him. Biden was telling everyone that that man was drunk and killed his family.
0: Yeah. So, what well, do yeah, you guys the dammit, think
1: Biden thinks about truckers?
0: You know, we need to be paying attention. Everybody that has any type of investment in the trucking industry a trucker's wife, a trucker's family, a truck driver you need to be paying attention listening to people when they're talking about things that are changing in the industry because it's going to affect you. It's going to affect you whether you're, like I said, a trucker's wife, a trucker's family, a truck driver, a company driver. You will be affected in one way or another. Well, Speaking of that, for those who don't – hold on, I want to make this announcement. On January 5th, the Small Business Trucking Coalition's lobbyists took the truckers protection action bill to capitol hill and it has been presented to legislation so that's exciting for us that's exciting for the trucking industry that this bill has been presented as the small business trucking coalition said that they were going to do we worked very hard at revamping the Hobbs act um, when I say revamping means rewriting the law so that you, a truck driver, will be protected while you're out there on the road. And we have actually taken action on this, and our lobbyists has taken it to Capitol Hill on January fifth. So let's keep our fingers crossed, you know that in the midst of all this chaos, we don't get pushed to the back burner again, and that this is really looked at. And also, Senator Hawley from the state of Missouri is also pushing a Truckers Protection Act bill. You know, Senator Hawley, the one that was making a huge deal last night. I love him. When they reconvened, so um, he is definitely a, a trucking advocate. So if you guys need to align yourselves with somebody who is a trucking advocate for us that is in the Senate, Senator Hawley is definitely on our side, and um, they also have one that they have bill that they have written up specifically for the state of Missouri and only the state of Missouri. So there is hope. I mean, we've got senators trying to write individual trucker protection laws for their own states. We have the Small Business Trucking Coalition trying to uh, write an overall bill for the all of the united states so keep your guys' fingers crossed we're praying that those bills pass so that we'll have some kind of protection all right that's what i wanted to say go it's your turn Susie. no so
1: i was you were talking about how it affects truckers i would beg to also add it'll affect the general public because take for instance if Our insurance premiums change due to the fact that they want to change us from a $750,000 minimum to $2 million minimum. That's going to mean our insurance rate has to increase. Well, then that's going to mean that our costs are going to have to up. So that means we're going to have to charge more to haul the freight. And if we charge more to haul the freight, then guess who's going to end up eating that in the end? We all are. Everyone will
0: eat that in the long run because well, it why costs is that? money. Because you mean, you mean the consumers going to have to pay more money for the stuff that they're purchasing because we, the truckers, have to charge more money to haul the freight. So the consumer so I mean, the part of it. Have to, they have to recoup their money from somewhere. So who's going to get hit? The consumers. The consumers yep, are going to get it's, hit. It's it's caught it's. Co- it's trickle down
1: economics it's it's the trickle effect it's gonna happen it it will have to happen um you know it's just the nature of the beast you know our fuel prices are rising which means our costs are going up which means freight prices have to increase because trucks cannot operate for three dollars a mile they ha- you know they have to have more um to see a profit um to pay their bills, to take care of their families. Um, that's right. You know, it's, it's cause and effect here. So it really is important that we, we pay attention and that, you know, we make our voices heard, even though I don't know, you know, I know a lot of people, I get it. I I feel the same way. I feel like I haven't been heard. I feel like they're not listening. You know, it, it, uh, Kathy again with a great comment. With about the six hundred dollars a month was a nice thought. You know exactly. It was a nice thought. Sure, a dollar sixty-four a day for three hundred and sixty-five days is six hundred dollars just to support an American citizen. I don't know about none of y'all, but I can't live on a dollar sixty-four a day. Wish you could, I could. My life would be much.
0: Well, I can't live on a dollar sixty-four a day. These things cost three dollars yeah. fifty-six. Heck, so. So, I mean, with that you know, being I'm said, just saying. you know, with that being said, you know, every week we're going to be on Tucker's TV. Hope we didn't bore you guys too much. We're pretty, we're usually more lively than this, but right now we're pretty discouraged and we are, we're beat up because, you know, I am a huge tucking advocate. Susie is a huge trucking advocate. And besides that, we are patriots and our country is in despair and you know a friend of mine posted a picture of our flag upside down on Facebook and he got tore up for doing it let me ask you guys a question your flag being turned upside down in the United States of America means despair it means distress do you not think that the United States of America is not in distress right now if you don't think we're in distress, you better take your little duster and wipe the dust off your blinds and open them so that you can see what's going on out of the, in the country. As my father would say, pull your head out of the sand like an ostrich. Don't bury it like an ostrich. This country is in distress. And if I had an American flag, I'm sorry, I would be hanging it upside down right now because I am in distress. I am an American citizen who is in distress about what's going on in our country, and nobody is listening. Nobody is listening. That's what I have to say I about I think that. a lot of people
1: feel the same way.
0: It is no I, I disrespect don't get it. I don't. for men and women. It's not disrespectful well, to and, men Well, and at I don't all. get that. I
1: don't, I don't quite understand because, again, w- with the double standards, you know, when, when others want to disrespect, want to burn our flag, want to stomp on our flag, I've seen video of a woman defecating on the American flag. Um, you know, it's their right, it's their freedom of speech. You know, it's no big deal. Uh, mil- you can't say that that's disrespect to our military because our military fought for them to have that right. Um, but yet someone else posts a picture of it flying upside down. Well and not even flying. It was literally just a it almost looked like a painting and it was
0: upside down. Um it was a picture of an upside down flag is what it was. Yeah, and
1: and you know, he was crucified for it. Um so I he don't I don't quite understand it. people's thinking. Um, and, and I called it out. I, I did call it out. I, I defended him because I don't think it's fair. And I'm done being silent. I'm done. I'm really, I try to stay out of things. I try to, Um, I try to stay in the middle. And it, even on our shows, for the most part, Lena can tell you guys, anybody that's new, I try to stay neutral and I try to not get, Too wrapped up in my own personal beliefs. I mean, we're all going to somewhat lean towards our own personal beliefs, but I try to find somewhere in the middle. Um, But I'm done with that. I am unapologetically a conservative. And I'm not just a conservative. I believe in our Constitution. I would almost say I'm a little bit libertarian because I also believe that taxation is theft. I believe we're overtaxed and the tax burden kills a lot of American families. Um, you know, I believe that we should be living by our constitution and, uh, I want to apologize for that. I was born in this country and I value this country and it is what it is. I I can't apologize for that anymore. Um, because I have a right to feel how I feel. I won't tread on anyone else's right. If you want to be, I'm good with whoever you are. As long as you're not harming my family or the people that I love, be who you are. But you can't expect me to change to accommodate you. I won't do it.
0: You don't need to. You don't need to change who you are to accommodate anybody. Be who you are. Love who you are. Embrace who you are. Stop trying to change yourself to conform so that people like you and so that people will have things to do with you or, or want to be around you. You know, if people can't love you and accept you for who you are and respect your opinion, which you have the right to have, whether it be wrong, right, or indifferent, that's what makes you who you are. You're a human being. Right. You're not a robot. Role- You have the right to have feelings and emotions, and you're allowed for them to be different from the person standing next to you. Absolutely. And I I believe that about everyone.
1: Everybody. You know,
0: there are a lot of people that I don't agree with on a daily basis because I'm a weirdo and I, you know, I have my way of thinking. But, you know, I'm not going to, to, to badger them. I'm not going to bully them because or, or try to desecrate them like this person was on Facebook today, you know, because he has an opinion about the country being in distress right now. You know? Right. Um uh, I got called I got called yesterday because I was trying to warn some fellow truckers that are that was supposed to be in D C at at stop the steal uh, I was just trying to warn them that violence had erupted, and and I was told that I wasn't patriotic because I had made a statement saying, does it because they this person was trying to say that it might have been a person that was from Antifa that had gotten shot, and my statement was, does it matter who they are? A human life is a human life. Why well, is that and a
1: kid? and sadly so, we. You're right, Lena, and sadly, you know, they found out very quickly that the woman was absolutely not Antifa.
0: And I haven't heard anything and back from those people saying you were right. You were right, you know. And then I got another, sta- another No, and then I got another statement from those people saying that it was not their responsibility to warn anybody about any violence going on, even though. They encouraged people to follow them to D.C. It was not their responsibility that if violence is going on and it's on the news, that they already know about it. Excuse me? You encourage those people to follow you there. You hold an obligation to warn them that violence is erupting. Right. You're right. And and because I make statements, I'm not patriotic.
1: Well, I guess everyone's definition of patriotism may not be the same, but, you know, one thing is for sure. Um, where I come from, being a patriotic means that I love all American citizens. I love all my neighbors, and I want my country um, to do well, to thrive, to to continue to be the country that,
0: I believe to be it. in peace and you know? be in harmony and get along and yeah. prosper. Yeah, that's what patriotic is. Being patriotic is exactly just what you said, Susie. You know, and I'm sorry. You don't have to be born in the U.S. to be patriotic. If you come to the United States and you become a U.S. citizen, then you are a U.S citizen whether you were born here or not you value the morals of America and I feel sorry for those people that have left their countries to come here to this shit show that's happening right now you know right yep it's hard
1: because it's hard to explain to those guys because they, they came over here with one idea and now they're seeing something totally different and so it's hard for me as an American citizen to be able to explain to those guys, as someone who was born here, um, it's hard for me to be able to look at those guys and say, well, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I mean, okay. I know they get it because the home they
0: came from. Those guys think that Amer- America is still great, even with the stuff well, that's happening you know, right now. But, Lena, I do, too. I, look, I'm
1: never going to say America is not great I, because I'm just not. America is my home, and I will forever be grateful for, for being an American citizen. I think that I'm blessed because I was born here. My mother was born here. My grandfather was born here. You know, many, many generations. My nephew has traced our family heritage all the way back to the Mayflower. America um, America is great. Are we going through a tough time and a transition? Yes. Uh, Yes, we, we definitely are. Are we going through hard times? Yes. But I look at it from a standpoint of my marriage. My marriage is great. I love my husband. I would not trade him for anybody in this world. But there have been times that it's been hard. But it was still great even then.
0: Yeah, America is great. I mean, you know, America is still great. It could be like, you know, um, El Salvador and Mexico and all of these places where, you know, uh, you was just talking about the, uh, what, the dictator from Cuba? Is that what you said? Oh, yeah, Fidel
1: Castro. When I was talking about the other day when we were talking about the, guys, the guy in Georgia, Warnock, he's a preacher and he just won the seat in Georgia. He invited Fidel Castro to his church, which I thought was crazy. I'm like, why would anybody want a dictator to come to their church? I mean, I guess, you know, I, I don't get me started, Lana. You You'll have all of our followers, all of our listeners run off because they're not going to want to hear Susie's take on that.
0: Well, probably not. Well, with that being said, I think that we probably need to uh, end our show tonight. And every week, guys, you can catch us on Truckers TV. You can catch us on Blog Talk Radio. Lana and uh, I have a page called Lana's Talk. I have my page, which is um, Lana Danko. We also have uh, Anchor FM, which which loads down onto Radio Public, Radio FM, Public Radio, Google, Spotify. Um gosh, a couple more places that you guys can catch our show on on those platforms you cannot visually see us. On these platforms you can visually you can visually see us and hear us. This platform you can just hear it. We do appreciate everybody that took their time to tune into us tonight. Hopefully we weren't too boring and hopefully we talked about some things that are gonna make you wanna start going, huh? And think about what you can do today that you can get involved in that's going to make a difference in the country of what's happening in our world today. There are a lot of things that we can get involved in as a nation and leave our footprint, you know. It doesn't have to be politics, you know. It can be trucking. It can be, um, it can be uh, about the, the, you know, sex children being sex trafficked. Oh, oh. I mean, there are many things the American people can get involved in and donate their time to, leave their footprint to make this nation great again outside of politics. So with that being said, thanks for tuning in to Lena and Susie, Real Women, Real Talk, Real Life. And next week, I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about. Um, I keep getting a, a lot of messages from somebody who really has some stuff that she wants me to reveal and go over. And um, so I think we might, I will be looking at that and seeing about talking about that. It ought to be. um, Good night, everybody. Good night.